Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman along with my co-host, Barry Rice. Hey, everybody. It's good to be here. And Pete Robertson. I'm so blessed. So How good to be here with you guys. How are you guys doing this week? I'm right? blessed just to be in y'all's presence, man. Yeah, I agree with that. Man, we've had some life-changing things happen this week, Pete. I understand uh, you're getting closer to being an empty nester. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's absolutely incredible to have your youngest child graduate from high school. It was it was the most surreal experience I think I've ever had. It's, I'm sitting there in the, in the stadium. We went to the Amway Center here in Orlando. But I'm sitting there in the stadium. Was it during the Orlando Magic game? Or no, no, they didn't make the playoffs. Okay. That's so, good. Yeah, they're out. But anyways, as I was sitting there, I'm texting to my family because we're trying to put them all in the live feed and we're trying to do this whole thing. And I'm, I am I got emotional. I'm not going to lie. I cry a lot. So I, I was just emotional because I'm thinking, like, I cannot believe this. I mean, it's like... Here's my youngest is done. I'm done. Next is grandbabies. And I'm looking forward to that, by the way. I still look young, but I, I'm looking forward to the grandbabies. Son, get ready. Get going. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but it is. it was amazing. And it's just, it's something that uh, I'm just so proud of her. I'm so proud of my youngest daughter, Faith, and, and just, just what she needed to do. If anybody knows her story, you know what we're talking about. But she got it done. And uh, God is so good. And uh, this girl, I'm telling you, her future is bright. Amen. Her passion for the Lord is contagious. She is on fire. She loves the Lord. Um, her giftings, her skill set, uh, the way that she's able to speak into people's lives, uh, the way that she's able to just get people to speak. I mean, she can get you to speak. She can get you to open up and just share your heart with her. And she's just... Uh, she helps so many people and her testimony and just listening to everything that uh, God is doing in her life has just been amazing. So yeah, it's it is it's surreal. Barry's uh, Barry said, yeah, he has what ten years? No, I have thirteen years. Thirteen years, years left. <laughs> I got one going into kindergarten. You're talking yeah. about grandbabies. He's still got thirteen. How many years. of you? How many have graduated with you though? You had two already, right? I have three. had three. Three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Three more to go. Man, unbelievable. Oh yeah, I guess you do. Yeah, I'm like, six I'm like kids. doing the math. I'm like, oh yeah, Cassie's six years in college. In, six yeah. years in county. Yeah, yeah, six that's kids. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Faith is a she's an amazing young lady. She's a, you know we've had the opportunity to have her babysit uh, our daughter a few times, and she's always leaves her with with just encouragement and speaks life into her, and it's just she's just an amazing young lady. You guys have done an amazing job raising her, and uh, man, I can't wait to see how she continues to impact the world. It's, yeah. Uh, so the sponsor of this show is Faith. <laughs> it's yeah, Faith. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we have lots of Faith. <laughs> She's an amazing artist, and she could babysit. What else can she do? Well, here, let me tell you the story how we came up with her name. So Christine and I, after our second daughter, Brianna, she kind of wrecked us, man. Brianna was a hard birth. She, you know, you have hard births and you have easy births. Brianna was a hard birth. So at the end of Brianna, I mean, I was exhausted. I, I can only imagine how my wife was. That's unfair to say. <laughs> it's it's true, like, though. Yeah. I, it was all nighter. It was 24 hours. I mean, the amount of rubbing and stuff that I had, because I was standing the whole time with the my wife. And, and I'm telling her, she had major back labor. They're feeling and, really bad for you right now, Pete. No, no, listen. Come on, guys, listen. And the back labor was so bad. I mean, I literally was crocked in a certain way for hours and upon hours. And so I know my wife was going through it. I'm so, just saying. So how far in did, it, so, did so you get the I. epidural? When 
when did you get the epidural? No, we didn't Pete? do that. She, my <laughs> wife didn't take an epidural. <laughs> <laughs> and so she did it all natural. So anyway, so we're going. No, he was asking, oh, when did you get when your did you epidural? Get <laughs> I didn't get it. So two, I had to recover from this pregnancy for two weeks. I was done. No, couldn't handle it anymore. Oh, my wife, man. I can only imagine how long. All so I anyway, could say for two weeks, push. It was one, horrible. Two. So anyway, any guy out there that has been through it knows what I'm talking about. It was rough. So my wife, yes, I have compassion for her. The and the reason why I have I have so much compassion for her is afterwards we decided in a very passionate way that we're not having any more kids. And so we weren't going to do it. So we're like two and my wife's like, nah, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. That was rough. And so we're done. And then about four or five years later, God put something on my wife's heart and he just said, you know what? I want you to have another baby. And we're like, oh. You know, she didn't tell me yet. She just was praying about it. God, is this real? And then God revealed it to me. I don't know where. He just revealed it to me and he started talking to my heart. And I came to my wife and I said, Hey, I think we're supposed to have another baby. She looked at me and she's like, I think so too. God put it on my heart. And this is what I'm thinking. And so we, the reason why we named her Faith, we just figured that by faith, we were having another baby. Mm-hmm. And, and God, God put it on our hearts and said, I want you to name her Faith. And so we, we called her that. And so that's kind of where that came from. And then yesterday at the, at the graduation, there was no other Faith. She was the only Faith. Really? Yeah. So she, was, she stood out. That's so awesome. That was pretty cool. That is a really good story. I that like that. That is a really good story. I would love for our producer to come on and, and be able to uh, talk to that <laughs> end as well. But. Put he, her on the spot. He really did work hard there. He was gung-ho the entire time. I can go into, go into more details of what happened, but it was, it was brutal. Let's let's leave that for yeah. The, that's uh, right. Maybe that, that might be a trip. show all by itself. That, that's going to be the grease trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, if you guys have listened to this, you uh, go to our mission minded getaway. So go to riotpodcast.co, and you can. Um, if you guys have heard any of the past podcasts, we're, we we're doing a trip, a footsteps of Paul tour in Greece. Um, we're going to be putting it on for it's a marriage conference. It's for the couples. Um, and so it's worth it. Invest in your marriage and, and sign up today. It's $350 deposit. It reserves your spot. There's only 20 uh, spots available right now. It's going to go quickly, but it's going to be this October 31st through November 8th, 2021. And so, uh, again, Mission Minded Getaway is for it's the Footsteps of Paul Grease Tour. It's eight days. And uh, you can find out more information on riotpodcast.co. Click on the link and it'll take you right to the page and all the information and how much it costs and everything else. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. Invest in your marriage. Not only you're going to get good teaching, you're not only going to be able to fellowship with other believers, I'm telling you, it's going to draw you close to the Lord. But then you're going to be able to just see the beauty that God has created in that country in Greece and so on. So I don't know. So you I said it's a marriage. Con- oh, I'm sorry, Barry. Go ahead. No, you're all right. I just said I'm excited to go. Yeah, me too. I, and Pete, just to, to clarify, I know you said it's a marriage conference. Is this for newlyweds? Is everybody. It for everybody. So you can be in a your marriage can be suffering. You can need need counseling. You can be in a newlywed situation. You could be married for 50 years. I promise you, God will meet you where you're at in this conference. And so it's 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 something that uh, you'll not forget. I, I guarantee you that. Yeah, I am so looking forward to it. I I can just imagine um, couples making lifelong friends with with other couples and and uh, just man, it's going to be amazing. I've always wanted to go to Greece. It's kind of like one of my bucket list places and. Crystal and I just cannot wait. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, I just can't wait to do these next year too. Right? So, yeah, you guys, we might have more yeah, plans. Don't announce so. the next yeah, one. Yeah, no, not yet. Hey, Let's do Greece in, first. Hey, yeah, uh, 
Pete, weren't you in that movie? Which one? Grease. No, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, that's not how you spell it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, all right. <laughs> well, last week, um, well, I guess it's been two weeks now. We, we had a show where we, uh, you know, we, we were talking about some tough subjects, and we had a special guest on. You guys remember um, we had Pastor Rick on the show? Yeah, it was great. And he was sharing a story, mm. or you know, I think it was like a statue or something he had brought home from Israel. And uh, I want to get into that a little bit, but uh, just kind of refresh your memory. He was talking about... Uh, the statue of Jesus with a, with a sheep around his neck. And remember that story? Yeah. Where the legs were broken. Yeah. And so that's kind of what this show is going to be like. We're going to uh, break people's legs. We're going to break people's legs. Yeah. No, we're going to talk well, about... Well, they might get their legs the, broken. We don't know. We don't know. It's yeah. out of our control. It could happen. It yeah. could happen. Yeah. But we're going to talk a little bit about what's God's discipline look like. But before we jump into that, and, and I kind of get us started, Pete, do you mind open us up in, in, a, in a word of prayer and yeah. kind of just set the, set the tone? Lord, you are so good and so faithful. And Lord, uh, your pursuit of us is constant. Lord, you never leave us nor forsake us. God, you are constantly engaging in our lives. Lord, forgive us for sometimes uh, running away from you. Forgive us for sometimes doing things on our own way. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking that we know best, Lord, in circumstances and situations in our lives. And Lord, I know that in spite of that, Lord, your grace is sufficient. In spite of that, Lord, your love is contagious and constant. And so, Lord, I pray today, as we talk about your discipline, as we talk about your pursuit, as we talk about how amazing and how good you are, Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray that you would reveal to us those areas that we need to be changed. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be strengthened in your word and your truth. And I pray, God, that there would be a transformation happen. Yes. And so, Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts, Lord, to receive what's being said today. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pete. You're welcome. Bob. So, oh, <laughs> we're going to get all formal now. Okay, Mr. <laughs> Roberts. Anyway, uh, the Lord's discipline is often often ignored fact of the life of a follower of Christ. We often complain about our circumstances without realizing that they are the consequences of our own sin and are part of the Lord's loving and gracious discipline for that sin. The self-centered ignorance can contribute to the formation of habitual sin in believers' life, resulting in even greater discipline. Mm. You want us to talk to that? Yeah, a uh, little bit. <laughs> I've, got you... a te- well, I've got text to read. Yeah, but I, do I, it. What? You want to do that first or you want to talk about that first? No, we could just, let's just talk about yeah, this a little bit. Um, I know that in my life, I'm just going to speak by myself. Okay, so I, I can testify to this. I know that there's been, t- in my life, I created habits that has taken me in, direct, in a direction that was not the best. And I know that because there was no fruit. (laughs) There was no evidence of God's love. There was no evidence of a um, contrite spirit. There was hostility. There was bitterness. There was um, pride. um, There was arrogance. Um, It was not, it it was not a... um, it just wasn't right. And so, so this is just my life. So, I mean, if I, you know, I look at my past and um, I would always claim that I had Jesus in my life or I would always claim that God was first and so forth. But when you examined it, you would see that I would not surrender 
uh, in a circumstance, I would fight through it. I would not, I would not uh, quiet my heart or my mind when someone was coming against me. I would attack them. I would not, um, I would not let things go. I would want to control it. I would want to know the answer. I would want to have more facts or more this instead of just being still and letting it go and trusting that God will deal with it. And so there's just a lot of different things that I had that was not healthy. I had a lot of stress. I had strife. I had um, anxiety. You know, I had these things. And these were all tall, tall tale signs that there's a problem. There's an imbalance there. And, and I've had to go through, my mom always said it this way. She said, son, you're not a tide pole type of guy. You're a tidal wave type of guy. And I was like, mom, what are you saying? She goes, God needs to send tidal waves sometimes your way in order for you to understand things. And, and, I, and I, I said, I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like that at all. I said, I'd rather have the tidal wave. She goes, but son, you're so hard headed sometimes. And you get so caught up into believing things that you think is right when it's not the very best because it's not producing fruit. It's not, it's not done in a way that's loving gentle, kind, the fruit of the spirit. There's, there's no evidence of that. You're, you're trying to figure it out on your own. And so God needs to send you discipline. God needs to send you uh, a tidal wave at times. And we'll talk about some of that. I'm sure I'm going to bring up stories of my tidal waves as, as again, I'm just going to speak to myself. I, I can't testify to anybody else. I could just say that I needed to unlearn a lot of bad habits and I had imbalance in my life and it was not healthy. And my marriage suffered, my kids suffered, my friends suffered. And, and, and I know there's a lot of listeners that are hearing this today that can testify to this and that can say, I mean, if you have imbalance right now, if you're having issues with your, your marriage, if you're having issues with your kids, if you're having issues with friends, if there's, if there's imbalance, you, this is talking to you. This show is going to talk to you. And, and, and there, there is a discipline possibly coming if you are a follower of Christ. And so I say that very passionately because it sucks. Tidal wave sucks. <laughs> and maybe you are the ripple person. But, but there is, in order for God to love you the way that he loves you, you're going to have to be recorrected. And so... So you're saying God needs to send a tidal wave to get your attention. Sometimes. That's me. That's what, well, that's what mom was saying anyway. Yeah, that's me. I agree with her. I agree with her. Barry, mm-hmm. any thoughts on that? I have so many thoughts on what you just said <laughs> because I can really relate. And, uh, you know, um, God will do whatever it takes to get our attention, that's Pete. That's it. And um, it's it's because he loves us so much. Yeah. And that's that's what we that's where we got to start. It's the foundation that he is not like our earthly fathers. He's perfect, mm. and uh, being the perfect heavenly father, he wants what's absolute best for yeah. us, and he's willing to hurt us over it. Mm. Now think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, if the spanking doesn't hurt, it doesn't correct. And I, I could tell you, in my, and I'm very much an imperfect father. I could tell you very much in my own life, it's hard to spank my, my children. But, and, and uh, you know, uh, I don't want to do it. But uh, you have to love them enough to do that because sometimes that's the only way for correction to happen. And, and every child is different. I got six and every one of them is, is different. And uh, J.D., you had to wear that boy's butt out before he even get get his attention. 
and you know with with Cassie you look at her in a disappointed way you got her to take yeah. her attention and her lips dropped and and man you have blown her up but guys God loves us enough to do whatever it takes if it takes a tsunami to get our attention he does it you know I was the question I get a lot asked a lot is uh so God will make me sick is that him disciplining me or what a, it did you know taking my son away at a young age is that him disciplining me and and or you know I just lost my job is that is that God is God doing that and and these are real questions that people ask and and they look at every bad thing that happens in their life and they think is this God disciplining me and and my answer to that is yes and no sometimes no sometimes sickness has nothing to do with it it's just a, the cause of life it's where you are one day going to die one day that's going to happen you know, losing your job, it might be you losing it because God wants to shut that door to open up another door for you. We don't know. Maybe there's bad habits in that job. I don't know. It's, we can't just say everything is God disciplining. But what we can say is that in everything, God is there. Yes. In everything, God wants to be worshiped and God will get you through it. No matter what it is, God is worthy. God is faithful. And I'm, let me just read this story about a, a woman. Okay, so let me just, this kind of sets it up to seeing things from God's eyes. So there was a godly woman in her middle years. So she's about 35 years old, and she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. So the question is, what is God doing? What is happening? She's a godly woman. She's a God-fearing follower of Christ, and she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. So my little brain can imagine several possibilities. And this is kind of what I came up with. At one level, he may be providentially allowing the affluence of the fall to take their course, a constant reminder that it's appointed to all of us to die and then one day face judgment. That's in Hebrews 9, right? So he may be preparing her for eternity. It is God's great grace to know when a, you are going to die and prepare for it. And so people sometimes don't look at it that way. People look, don't see that, hey, you, you're giving God's grace. He's helping you prepare for eternity. You're going to be with him for all eternity. That might be his grace. We don't know. He may be shocking her 20-something son who is living his life indifferent to the gospel to prod him into a self-examination and repentance. He may use her testimony about the joy of the Lord, even in the midst of suffering, to call another of her children into vocational ministry. We don't know. He may be using her as a way to teach people in her church what it looks like to die well, anticipating several other deaths in the next couple years. He may be teaching her minister, minister husband to slow down and care about his family and in principle other people instead of being endlessly busy with the ministry. He may be sparing her from living long enough to witness the moral destruction of her daughter. Who knows? Her funeral may be the means by which several of her unconverted relatives from whom she has been praying for forever will come to faith. Conversions come which she would happily give her life for in their place. Perhaps one of those converts will become a Christian pastor, a rare gift whose ministry of proclamation will touch thousands of people. Perhaps she is hiding some deep bitterness and hate in her life and God is using this means to comfort her. There's, there's no way to know 
what is going on. But I do know one thing. God is going to be glorified. God knows. And whatever he's doing, he's working all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And so that kind of sets this up. We're going to dive deeper into Hebrews 12, and we're going to study that. We're going to unpack that a little bit. But that sets this up. God loves us. God's doing something. But we need to look to him, and we need to trust that he's going to work this together for good. Bob? Well, that scenario will get you thinking, huh? Yeah. All right, Hebrews 12. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have, you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated then you are illegitimate children and not sons. That sucks. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be the subject to the father of spirits and and live? For they disciplined us for a short time and it seemed best for them, but the disciplines of us for our good, that we may share his holiness. Mm. For the moment all discipline seems, for at the moment... or. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Yeah, nobody likes it. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So as we jump into this, let's back up and just kind of break this down a little bit. So verses 5 through 8, God is reminding us to accept his discipline. And I can read that again real quickly. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Um, it is for discipline that you have you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are here's the scary part. If you are left without discipline in which we have all participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Mm. So, guys, this passage proves that you're loved by God. Yeah. And if you're going through discipline of the Lord, it's it's not to say, "Oh, he's angry at you" or it, it's he always disciplines out of love and it proves that you are a child of God. He doesn't discipline those who are not his. I think that's a big point in the early point of this passage is that rejoice in the Lord's discipline. It proves that we are his and it proves who whose we are and that he is making us better. Yeah, it's it's accepting that discipline. I think this is I've been back to my story. Um I I I didn't accept it. I fought through the discipline, and and I hated the tidal wave, and I felt like the Israelites. You know, when the, when God brought me out of the world, and he and he and he is reteaching me good habits to follow Him and to trust Him, then I would get to the point where I would start complaining. You know, what was supposed to take the Israelites twelve days to do took them forty years, and I felt like sometimes I was in that rat race. I felt like rutro. Anyways, I felt like that. <laughs> there you go. Come on. I felt like I felt like it was like it was like a constant like over and over and over and over and over again. It's like God, I've been through this before. 
Nope, you got to go again. I've been through this before. Nope, you got to go. And I kept fighting it. And it's like, Lord, what is going on? And, and what he was teaching me was he was saying, listen, son, I want you to just let go. You got to learn to follow me. You got to learn to surrender those circumstances. You got to learn to stop controlling people. You got to learn to let things go. Stop holding on. You got to learn to rest when things are difficult. You got to learn to to be still in my presence and worship me with a heart of joy without a heart of grief. And I can tell you there was, I was like the Israelites. I would complain. There was a time in my life where I would scream bloody murder at guy and said, I want the water that was in Egypt. I wanted my steak. I wanted it the way the things it used to be. I did not like this wait on God, be patient thing. I did not like this be still in my presence, everything is okay. I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense in my mind. And so Proverbs 3, 11 and 12, it says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord's discipline those he loves and further the son he delights in. And so when I finally came to terms with this and I understood this, God says, listen, it's not, I'm not against you. I'm for you. I'm not, I'm not putting you this in this because I'm trying to hurt you. I'm putting you through this because I want you to blossom and be blessed. I want you to have a life that's prosperous. I want you to have a life that has meaning and purpose. I want you to have a life that impacts this world for my glory. And you're fighting against it. As he told Paul, you're kicking against the goads. Stop it. And so there's many that are probably listening right now and they're saying, you know what? I don't have fruit in my life. Or maybe I'm going through discipline and I hate it too. I get it, Pete. I don't like it. But God is telling you, I love you and I want you to surrender and let me have my way with you. If you want to get out of this discipline quicker, stop fighting him. Stop it. I'm telling you, if you keep fighting him, a year from now, you're going to go through the same thing again. You might be replanting a church 15 times in 15 years because you keep fighting what God's doing in your life. You got to let it go. You have to surrender what he is saying and let him mold you and shape you into the image that he desires for your life. Stop trying to be like the next church down the street. Stop trying to be like the next person down the street. Just be you, whatever God has created you to be and be okay with that. That's why Paul said, be content in whatever season that you're in. Just learn to rest there. What, what really is the father's goal, guys? You know, when he disciplines us and I'm going to I'm going to read that passage again that you quoted, uh, Pete, in Romans 8, 28, we, we see that it says, and we know that in all things, even his discipline, even temptation, everything, that's what all things mean. It means everything we go through, God works. He works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And now what is his purpose? Verse 29 says what his purpose is. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to, to flow into the purpose of being conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Another word for discipline is, is pruning. Mm. In John 15, it talks about I am, I, am, I am the vine and you are the branches and my father is the gardener. Mm. 
and he prunes every branch that does not produce fruit what fruit so he cuts out stuff and that's what discipline is it's getting us to cut stuff out yeah it's getting us to stop doing things the way of the world doing things according to the flesh doing things according to the pattern of this world and and to engraft into our lives the character of christ that's what daddy is doing mm-hmm. he wants to to discipline out of us weed out of us prune out of us ourselves and the world and he wants to engraft and place inside of us the character of christ being more like the image of christ and that is such a loving thing and that is what's best for the children that's what's best for us and that's all that the father wants he wants what is best for us yeah, I was just thinking if there's a if you're out there and, and you are being disciplined, rejoice in that because it shows that you're legitimate. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If if you were not being disciplined and you were living your best life and and things were happening and all this stuff and you were oblivious to anything and, and and you're not you're not a legitimate child. Because if you're if you're illegitimate as it says in verse 8, but if to be legitimate, you, you to be a follower of Christ, God is going to pursue you. God is going to perfect you. God is going to, as Barry said in our prep, he's going to make you a diamond. That is his goal. He wants you to shine brightly. He wants you to be brilliant. He desires that. And we have to accept in our minds and our hearts, that is better than what you got now. You have to accept in your heart, he knows better. He sees everything. He gets the big picture. He does want to use your skill set that you are at right now. He wants to use your voice. He wants to use your, your, your personality, whatever that is. He desires that, regardless of what you, how you feel, regardless of your, your, whatever it is. God wants to use it for His glory. And I was just thinking, here's here's kind of how I look at it. I I remember a story of my son. He got in trouble. There was a bunch of his friends. And, uh, he, um, I went down and he was in trouble and it wasn't good. And I went down and the only person that I was looking for was my son. And I didn't care about the other kids. I wasn't, I wasn't pursuing those other kids. All I was pursuing was my son. And so I found my son, I grabbed my son, I, I disciplined my son and I took him home. And, and that's the same thing with God. There's, there's a bunch of people that are not childs of God. There's a bunch of people that are out there that that are not followers of Christ. And so God is going to find you as a legitimate child, and he's going to get you, and he's going to talk to you, and he's going to share God his truth in a loving, compassionate way. And so if you are a parent out there and you have your child that's, that's uh, uh, you know, you need a discipline, just show them the same compassion you want God to show you. <laughs> show them a lot of love and gentleness and kindness. Amen. You know what stands out to me? You know, as you guys were talking, I'm, I'm hearing this like red flag. And I, I think it was a red flag for me. And I, I'm guessing maybe a red flag for a lot of our listeners too. But Pete, you said something, and, and Barry as well, you were both talking about fruit. But Pete, you said something about if you find yourself kind of caught in a in a trap, like a, a root, the same thing keeps happening over yeah. and over and over again. Man, that is a red flag yeah. that you're either supposed to learn something from that that you're not learning, or there's sin there that you're maybe not acknowledging or something. But man, that is a red flag that hey, something's wrong, and you better ask the Father. You know, 
how do we fix this or how does he fix this and then the way i look at it too in my life there was something wrong and i just wasn't understanding it but i think god was teaching me long suffering as well there's a lot that was happening and i had to go through it for many 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 years and and i you know we want the 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 discipline to be over in minutes or seconds but sometimes it's it takes a long time and god had to continually recorrect bad habits he had to continue to teach me to how to lean not on my own understanding, but to trust and acknowledge him in all things. And and I and I always wanted to gravitate back to my old habits. I always wanted to gravitate back gravitate back to what I knew best. And and so I had to go through it over and over and over again until I finally and I'm still sometimes I'm going through discipline now, but there's is you just we get to a point where you have to say, Enough, Lord. I'm all in. Yeah. I'm done. If you, if this is you, you just say I'm done, God. I I want all of you. I'm I'm done with fighting you. I'm done with trying to figure this out on my own. Lord, I just be still in His presence. Worship Him. Know that everything will point back to Him. It's not about you. If you keep making it about you, you would be disciplined. If you keep making life about what you think is best, it you're not going anywhere. You're absolutely right. I mean, I spent I. Pete, I think I spent most of my life not seeing any fruit. And honestly, just I, it just kind of came to mind while I'm listening to both of you guys talk about this. I think it was a trust thing. It's like I, I, you know, I didn't trust God completely to to run my life. I had things that I was not going to let go of. And like you just said, you got to let it go. And God used, I think, the birth of my daughter and some of the things that happened around that to get my attention and left me no other choice but but to trust him and i mean there's a long story there but i can tell you that he used that and i don't know that he created that you know it could be just part of a broken world but he certainly used it to get my attention and uh, to get his trust and uh man that's good stuff good stuff what's next well you know uh i wouldn't i would really not like to share this story but uh i i feel like Y'all are sharing y'all's story, so I, I got to share mine. Uh-oh. You know, uh, I grew up in the shadow of a legend. Uh, my father played football at the University of Virginia, and everybody in our community idolized him as well as I, I did. He was my hero, and and uh, I did really well in high school playing sports, football specifically, and, and uh, it came down to a scholarship opportunity, and I didn't get one for the University of Virginia. As a little boy, I grew up being trained, you're going to go to the University of Virginia, you're going to play football just like your dad, and it didn't happen. And so uh, I there's there's probably several bad words I could say that, you know, say that I was very upset, but uh, I was very hurt, I was very upset, and I had several other offers, and, and I just decided to go to this small uh, Christian school called Liberty University. And, and uh, man, I, was, I had a chip on my shoulder, and I ran over absolutely everybody that got in my way. And uh, that was my mentality. I'm going to get an education. I'm going to I'm going to do this, but I'm going to the NFL th- from this small little school, and I'm going to prove to everybody. And guess what happened? Uh, when I showed up, I was the strongest guy on the team. I, I there was one other guy that could bench press what I benched as a as a 18 year old freshman I bench pressed 425 and and uh, there was one other guy that did that and he probably took steroids to be honest with you I didn't but um, I started as a freshman I started six games on defense I started a couple on offense and I got hurt 
I blew my knee out. And uh, you're talking about being humbled and that surgery. I was so scared that I would never play football again. And and uh, but here's here's what from the big picture I learned is that it was all about making a name for myself. It was all about me building my kingdom. And, uh, you know, uh, through this process of being hurt, going to a smaller school, I had a roommate that loved Jesus. He was absolutely crazy. His name is Ernie Antolik, and he was from Pittsburgh. And this guy just was so fired up about Jesus, so strong, and not in his faith, but not just in his faith, but in his physicalness. Great football player came up and would knock your helmet off, but smile and say, pick you up and say, Jesus loves you, man. Hey, Jesus told me to do that. I mean, just like insanely, you know. And uh, But through being hurt, you know, uh, and, and going through struggle my sophomore year, I, I came to know Christ. And, uh, you know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I would have went to the University of Virginia, I'd still be lost. I'd be divorced, and I'd probably be a ruin. And I, just I, I know the Lord wants me to say this because some of you out there can re- relate to this. The, the weekend that I got back, from uh, the football trip that I got saved on. This is my sophomore year now. I was engaged to a young lady, and over that weekend, I found out she was unfaithful to me. You know, the weekend that I I got saved. Wow. uh, We were engaged. And while I was gone, and while I was gone on several football trips, she was seeing another guy, and God allowed me to be broken. And, uh, you know, I... I didn't have anything. You know, I, I was coming off an injury with football. And now, the uh, you know, I worshiped football and that was my life. And then I put it into this girl and, and I worshiped her and she was my life. And that was taken out of my my life there too. And, and I'm getting saved. I just ran to Jesus, man. And I met with my coach every morning at 730 and he discipled me. And he built me up and he showed me that God had a plan for my life. If you're listening to this and you're in the middle of a discipline, it's because God has a plan for you. Amen. He wants to use you. I had no thought in my wildest dreams that I'd ever be a preacher. I would never have wanted to be that. I would never consider myself good enough to be that. But God had a plan and God is working out his plan in you and that's why he disciplines because he has it's so much more it's so much bigger than just you and your name and your kingdom and making wealth it's about lives and helping other people's lives and seeing other people come to know jesus you know pete i'm gonna say this but and and bob i'm gonna say this not to toot my own horn but i I, I think there's been over 100,000 people that have come to know Christ wow. since I came to know Christ. Mm. What, what, what if I never went through getting hurt? What if I never went through losing that fiance? What if I never was broken and, and really didn't have anything but God? And if I didn't surrender to the ministry and, and I didn't go through the circumstance, I would not have these wonderful six kids and a beautiful wife. I'd be a wreck. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the reason why you're going through discipline, the reason why God takes us through discipline, because he has so much more for you. 
So good. Let me can I encourage you with this this verse from Job? Um, it says in five seventeen and eighteen it says, "But consider the joy of those corrected by God. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty when you sin, for though for though He wounds, He also bandages. He strikes, but His hands also heal." Hallelujah. What a promise, right? Just beautiful. Yeah, Jerry Bridges in his book Transforming Grace said. Um, discipline may be sent for a purpose of correcting some sinful attitude or action or to remedy some lack in our character. It's either case, it, it's administered by our Heavenly Father in love, not in wrath. Jesus has already borne the wrath of God in our place, so all advers- uh, adversities that come to us come because He loves us and designs, designs to conform us to the likeness of His Son. You know, Barry, listening to your story there, I can testify uh, just by your character, just how you present yourself out in public, uh, being with you uh, as many times as I have, and just how that you're a witness always. And, And again, that doesn't happen unless God has corrected you. That doesn't happen unless God has... Um, got you to the place where you need to be, where your your purpose is for this life, and um, and you've had to go through some hardships. You've had to go through uh, as as Jerry Bridges some some remedies of our lack of our character, or maybe there was some sin patterns and sin attitudes. No that, question. Yeah, that yeah. needed to be changed, and and so I guess I mean, you know if you're listening out there, the the goal the goal in your life is to have balance and is to have rest and is to have peace. But the goal is, 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 or something you need to ask yourself now, is the fruit of the Spirit relevant in your life? Does your marriage produce fruit? Uh, is your lifestyle producing fruit? Um, are you a witness of Christ in this world? Are you a witness to your kids? Um, are you uh, are you living out uh, the giftings and the calling that God has for your life? And and I know I say all of those things, but the the truth of the matter is, if you're not, there will be discipline because there's there's probably habits, there's things that you might be doing that are not the very best, and that might be taking you in a direction that will not fulfill the greater purpose God has for your life. And and I've heard pastors say, you know, the best is yet to come. Well, if you are surrendered to Jesus and you are living a life that is completely dependent upon him, and I'm talking in every waking moment, you're thinking Jesus, that he is your love, love person. He is the person you're madly in love with. Your life will be blessed. I I promise you. You're going to go through circumstances. You're going to go through attacks, spiritual attacks like crazy. Listen to our last week's episode or two weeks ago if that's the case. But there will be a blessing in your life because you're going to see fruit. And in that fruit, lives are going to be changed. And, And Barry's testimony speaks to that. That that there's lives that were changed because of what God did in him. And in your life today, uh, ask yourselves, has there anybody come to know who Jesus is in your life? Have you been a witness? Have you been able to share that truth with other people? Um, and, you know, I know there's probably a lot that haven't. And, and, you know, God is wanting that from you. I mean, you were created for his glory. You were not created for your glory. You were created for his glory. You were created to represent him. You weren't created to represent yourself. The, the people need to see Jesus in you. The light of Christ needs to be in you. Don't, don't put the, the light of, under a bushel. No, 
you know, take that off. Let it shine. Shine, Jesus, shine, right? Whatever Amen. that is. Let it so, shine, let it shine. Yeah. Man, that's so good, Pete, about fruit. And, you know, if you guys are like me, we're really good at lying to ourselves. You know, we can convince ourselves that uh, <laughs> just about anything. Uh, get around people that uh, love you and that trust you and ask them if they see fruit in your life. You know, somebody that can really just speak into you. They're they're going to see things that you don't see, man. We have blind spots sometimes the size of tractor trailers. And uh, we, we need those people in our lives to kind of share that with us. And, and just know this, too, that... Our past scars, God uses. Yeah, yeah. And so there's there's things in our lives that we screwed up pretty badly in the past, and we're still maybe still reeling from that or dealing with it. Uh, but God, God will redeem that. God will use that for His glory. God will take your past ugliness and turn it for good. And and maybe you, maybe some of your past ugliness is still in you. For me, I still have to deal with that on times. I still have certain bad habits that God has to help me with. But He also says that I've healed you from so much from the past that I am now using for my glory. And uh, so if your past scars are, are, are there and you're dealing with that from past hurts and pains and, and things, don't try to control that. Don't do that because that's where God's going to have to discipline. You have to surrender that. You have to give that to the Lord and just allow him to use it for his glory. So Barry, could you talk to people today that are just dealing with sin, maybe dealing with issues where maybe God's disciplining them? Um, speak to those people that 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 are that are really searching um, just to find peace in the midst of the storm that they're going through. Absolutely, Pete. Hey guys, if if you're out there and you want to know, am I going through the discipline of the Lord, or am I going through what Galatians six says? Uh, God is not going to be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Sows and is this just consequences of my sin or is this discipline of the Lord? I want to speak into you today that don't listen just to man's voice. You know, with Job, uh, if he listened just to man's voice, he would have killed himself and, and just been done with it. He listened to his wife or his friends. But I want to share this with you. Psalm 139, listen to David. Psalm 139 says this in verse 23, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I think that's the attitude. When you come to God and you say, God, why is this happening? If you if you're prideful, you're going to say, God, what are you doing? Why is this happening? But if you're humble, you're going to say, God, why is this happening? What 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 are you working on in my life? And surrender. When he shows that to you, surrender it to him. Because he wants you to be at your best. He wants you to be at your highest capacity. He wants you to be more usable for him in the future than you are right now. And he lovingly wants you to not only have life, as John 10.10 says, he wants you to have life abundantly. And so lean in and have a conversation with the Father and ask him, God, show me what you're doing. Show me how I've offended you. Show me, show me, is this me? 
Even when you have a, a conflict with your wife, a conflict with your children, a conflict with any relationship, go to God and say, show me what I'm doing wrong. Show me my attitude that's wrong and repent. Repent of it. We throw that word around, I know, but repentance means it's is I'm turning from my sin and my control and me doing what I want to do. I turn to God and say, God, your way is the best and I trust you. If you're here today and, and this is you, would you just fall down on your knees before God? Mm-hmm. And would you just say, God, show me and listen and listen. The Holy Spirit inside of you and and God the Father will connect and reveal to you and correct you and help you be more a better father, a better husband, a better man, a woman of God and more like Jesus Christ. But you can't give him at the table in a restaurant prayer time. You've got to seek him with your whole heart and ask him through humility and surrender. God, what, what is it that you're trying to show me? What is it that you're trying to teach me? Is, is this temptation? Is this uh, discipline or is this correction? Is this consequences of my sin? Lord, just show me. If you're here today and you're that person that Pete was talking to that is not producing fruit, can I tell you, uh, one of my idols says, uh, Billy Graham, that 85, 85% of the people that walked the aisle never really got saved. Hmm. Just because you walked an aisle does not make you a Christian. What is it that makes you a Christian? Laying down your life before God and allowing him the rights to you and to your life. And putting 100% of trust, not in yourself, but in what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross. That he laid down his life for you. That he paid the penalty so that you could be forgiven and acceptable before a holy God. Jesus was the perfect lamb of God that paid the penalty once for all. So you must admit that you're sinning. You must put your belief and trust in Jesus alone, that he died and he was buried and he rose again, and that he is the only way to heaven. If you would do that with me right now, if you don't know for sure, if you have any questions and you're really wanting to be all that God wants you to be and you really want to surrender to him, would you pray a prayer similar to this? Dear God, I need you more than ever. And I realize that. I don't measure up. I'm not good enough and I cannot be good enough. So I quit. I quit today. Trying to be religious, trying to measure up, trying to be a good person. And I surrender. And I admit I'm a sinner and I can't do it. God, I thank you that the truth of the matter is this, that you've already done it in sending your son, Jesus. What your son, Jesus, did gives me forgiveness. It allows me to measure up. It makes me holy and righteous. So, God, I've been putting the trust in my own self, and now I want to trust in Jesus, that he died and he was buried and he rose again and that he really is the Messiah. He really is the son of God and he is the only way. 
So Jesus, I trust you. I put my faith in you. And I invite you to come in and take over my life right now. I surrender. Save me. Forgive me. And help me. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm thankful that you're willing to listen to us today and, and to be open to what was just said and in the Lord's discipline. It will make you a better person and to make you all that God dreamed of when he created you. Isn't that right, Pete? Yeah, I'm just uh, blessed. I mean, it's discipline's not fun. Um, I could testify that it sucks <laughs> big time. Uh, but I look back on it and I wouldn't change any of it. I, and anytime that God chooses to discipline me, I accept it. And uh, I just know that uh, the back end of that discipline, I'm, I'm changed. I'm transformed. And, uh, and I'm more like Christ. And that's what I desire. And, I, and that's what happens in the discipline. When we let God be God, we get transformed. And, um, and it's better. Your life is better. I sleep better. I think better. I'm more clear. I, I have more joy. You know, I can, I face obstacles and circumstances better. But if you gave your life to the Lord and that was you and, and God spoke to you, we want to hear from you. So go to our our website at riotpodcast.co. Click on No God. Go down to the bottom of the page. Click on Yes, I Gave My Life to the Lord. Fill out that form. And uh, we love to get in contact with you, get you a t-shirt, get you a Bible, just get you connected with a local body, uh, a church there in your area. And uh, just maybe just, you know, create a conversation with you. Um, but uh, today was an awesome show. Uh, Bob, any thoughts? Yeah, it really was. Thank you guys for sharing your heart. And uh, Barry, I agree with you. I hate disciplining my daughter. But you just know it's it's better than not disciplining her, and it, it just it breaks your heart when you're doing it. But you know what? Every I'm pretty sure every time I've ever had to do it, she's always comes up to me later and gives me a big hug and just I love you, Daddy. You know, mm. it it's just it's amazing. And I, our Father in heaven, I believe, feels the same way about us, but yeah. times a million because of. Yeah. He's so much. He's yeah. so much greater than we are. Yeah. Um, so just imagine how that makes us feel as fathers. I mean, just amplify that. So, mm. what a show, guys! Thanks for opening up. Thanks for sharing your own stories. And uh, guys, man, we just we just appreciate you. We love you. Please uh, like and subscribe to uh, the podcast. Uh, same with YouTube, man. We had. We were talking pre-show. We had over twelve hundred subscribers on YouTube, now, yeah. guys. That's just a that just blows me away. I I, I can't even comprehend that. Mm. So we are just so blessed by you guys, and uh, so thankful for you. And um, man, we can't wait till next week. But uh, in the meantime, check out Facebook and uh, get have our back. Like Pete was telling us, yeah. when people are attacking us, have our back. But it, it's all good. It to me, it just tells us that. Uh, yeah, we're doing something right. The enemy would not be attacking us if uh, we weren't scaring him a little bit. So, like Pete likes to say, it's time to get up and kick some devil butt today. That's it, baby. So, <laughs> so you guys have an amazing week. We can't wait to talk to you next week, and uh, be blessed. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.